and a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Seedmasters Nova Series 2. No clever message, just simple, no-nonsense precision. Learn more about the features at seedmaster.ca. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. We talk to the brother of today's winner in the 620 CKRM Country Cookout Contest, a farmer from Bengoff, about 150 kilometers southwest of Regina. Harvest is advancing rapidly in much of the southern grain belt. India temporarily reduces tariffs on lentils, causing a spike in today's prices. APAS releases a list of farm issues to be raised during the provincial election campaign this coming month. And Real Agriculture talks about harvest and crops taken off in very hot weather. We have an update on hail claims in the second week of September. And we take a look at food trends in the time of COVID-19. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Olympic Buildings. See them for ag buildings, riding arenas, hay barns and more. Build with confidence, olympic-buildings.ca. Brett Anderson of Bengoff is today's winner in the 620 CKRM Country Cookout Contest. Brett Anderson farms 3,500 acres with his brother Noah and his dad. Noah Anderson says harvest is nearing completion on the farm, about 150 kilometers southwest of Regina. It's going good. We've had uh, good weather, so that's been so it's been taxi along quite well. What would be per the percentage done? Uh, about 85 percent right now. How do early yields look? Uh, so far, everything you know has been from average to above average on all the crops. Can you give me any numbers, or is it a little early? Uh, well, so our Durham ranged from in the 40s to in the 50s, and uh, the red lentils were mid-20s, and our yellow peas were in the 30s, mid, low to mid-30s. And uh, so far, we just started on the canola a couple of days ago, and so far it's been in the low 40s. Describe the growing season for me. Well, it uh, it started out, you know, uh, awfully dry up until the end of June, and then then it uh, got fairly wet in our area. So we had actually pretty good rainfall from the end of June, you know, through July. When do you hope to finish? Uh, I, well, it's hard to say. Uh, I would say probably by the end of next week, everything should be done. What impact has COVID had on the farm? Uh, well, you know, so through the farming season and the busy season, you know, we don't really go go anywhere or do anything. But getting parts and stuff has been uh, different, you know, having to be careful and all that. And the biggest thing probably for us has just been worrying about getting sick through the harvest and then not being able to, you know, finish our job. Uh, but so far, everybody's uh, been healthy so far. So hopefully it stays that way. Today's lucky winners of the 620 CKRM Country Cookout Contest were Brett and Noah Anderson of Bengoff, who farm with their dad. Canada's largest lentil customer is lowering tariff rates for the next six months. Six weeks, pardon me. It's very similar to a lentil tariff reduction that lasted from June to the end of August. The tariff will go from 33% down to 11% until October 31st. This is for all countries with the exception of the U.S., Pulse Canada says it's working with the federal government to get any additional details. This portion is brought to you by Selford Group. Call your Selford equipment dealer or visit selfordgroup.com. 
and the Canadian Canola Growers Association, helping farmers succeed. Visit ccga.ca to learn more. Farm supports and rural infrastructure are among the issues APAS is hoping will be discussed during next month's provincial election campaign. APAS President Todd Lewis says the set of proposals is designed to get candidates from all political parties thinking about how best to support farming, Saskatchewan's most important sector. Under the business risk management programs, uh, we've been under a, re- a re- review at uh, both federal and provincial level for uh, I think it's three or four years now. So, you know, we want uh, parties, all parties, to uh, put their positions forward on on the business risk management programs, especially agri-stability and and, uh, you know, I think it has to be a co- topic of conversation during this election. And you see uh, end of reference margin limits? Well, that's uh, one thing we suggested, that uh, that it be raised. Uh, you know, so it's, uh, as I, I've said before, you know, agri-stability is a very complicated program. And, and uh, it's important that uh, our politicians uh, talk, about, uh, talk about the uh, business risk management suite of programs during the election because... Uh, we spend lots of time between elections talking about it, and I think it's important that uh, their positions are put forward so so uh, farmers know what uh, what 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 every party would uh, would do to uh, to try and fix the program because especially in agri stability, we you know we have less than half of the producers enrolled in it and uh, just not seen as having much value. So I think it's an important co- topic of conversation during the election. Another topic you're seeking uh, some input on carbon offsets for farmers. Yes, we've, uh, you know, there's been a program uh, we've been involved in. Uh, the province has done some consultations about on, on offset protocol. Uh, there was just announcements over the past week here about uh, industry with some uh, programming for them as far as protecting them from the carbon tax. And uh, certainly in Saskatchewan, I mean, we're the uh, the home of carbon sequestration with our no-till practices. And a lot of that, those practices have been developed and and really invented here in the province. So I think it's uh, it's important that you know this is going to be programming coming forward in the you know over the next four year period. So it's important that it's part of the election conversation. And uh, I think you know we want parties to uh, have a little bit of transparency around what their plans are going forward on on this important subject because it's uh, you know that's going to be a, a decade long program when it when it does come into play and uh, has a real potential to be a, a real. Uh, revenue source for producers. This may be one of the key areas too, so correct me if I'm wrong. You're seeking a commitment for rural infrastructure, just in what ways? Well, you know, I, I think that's the top of mind in rural Saskatchewan right now. Uh, internet connectivity, be it cell service or uh, internet service. Uh, with COVID, we've seen a uh, huge uh, uptick in demand and uh, really is uh, showing how poor service many, many areas in the in the province have. And and uh, you know it's it's going to be it's just as important now as uh, if you look back a hundred years ago when uh, we we're starting to have uh, telephones installed and uh, it started out as a convenience and just something new but really now it's a necessity uh, on the internet side that if you're going to have a modern business and uh, be able to live in in the country uh, we're going to need connectivity to the internet and cell service and we've uh, struggled with it and uh, now with COVID we've really seen a lot of the shortfalls so. I think it's really time that parties start putting forward their plans to uh, really see how we're going to improve uh, internet in uh, rural Saskatchewan. Roads and natural gas improvements as well. Well, you know the natural gas. You know we uh, saw that last year with grain drying. Uh, there's bigger and bigger dryers, uh, more and more requirements for natural gas. Some of the uh, costs that are being uh, you know put out. Uh, some of the quotes from uh, companies like Sask Energy are just unbelievable. You know, in the hundreds of thousands of dollars to uh, run natural gas to, to uh, yard sites so they can hook up dryers. So 
I think we need to uh, have a have a good conversation about that as well, just how we can uh, get more natural gas to where it's needed in rural Saskatchewan. I see you're looking for a review of surface rights legislation. What are you looking at there? Well, you know, we've seen uh, with, again, with the COVID and the drop in oil prices, you know, and uh, we've seen a lot of junior oil companies step back from their leases. Uh, is there going to be some programming put forward to uh, help those producers uh, you know they sign those those contracts in good faith and uh, we want to ensure that uh, you know they're not going to be left holding the bag with with uh, you know roads cutting across their across their ground and and uh, having to farm around sites that uh, they're not seeing any lease payments for so I think you know it's just something we need to uh, talk about because it's uh, going to unfortunately it's going to be an ongoing problem training for farm labor and short line railroads are another issues well, the short line railroads, uh, we have a really good uh, rail short line railroad system in Saskatchewan. It doesn't take much money from as far as grants for maintenance and so on to have a, a real uh, good effect on short lines. Every dollar they get, they put to good use. And, uh, you know, we've seen uh, infrastructure, uh, road infrastructure, highway infrastructure, lots of money spent on that. But uh, the short lines are an important part of the transportation network. And I think it's time that they're, they, they're recognized by the political parties on their importance and as I said, it wouldn't take much money to uh, really uh, give a boost to our short line industry. Todd Lewis is the president of APAS. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Today's guest, it is Dr. Joy Agnew. She is with Olds College. So far across Western Canada, harvest going, I would say, much better than uh, the past couple of years. There's still a ways to go, though, for sure. Um, now, some of this, especially the early crop, put in the bin very high temperature. It was hot, hot, hot in parts of August. What do we need to be thinking about, and how do we take care of those that wheat or that canola or whatever we have in the bin when it was put in so warm? So I guess the, the first thing to, to know is to understand that, yeah, too warm is not good. <laughs> it, do, it does have to be cool in the bin, even if it is coming off the field and going to the bin dry. Um, so there are some great resources available at the Canadian Grain Commission and on the PAMI website that provide some information about the safe storage temperature and moisture content for all the different grain types. Safe temperature is pretty pretty uniform across all the grain types of around, I think, 15 degrees Celsius or cooler. Uh, safe moisture contents does vary depending on, on, the, on the crop. Obviously, if you have a fancy technology set up where you, know, you, you have one of those electronic bin monitoring systems, that, that would be ideal, uh, right. but a lot of people don't have that. So what do they need to do to check on it? Yeah, good question. I guess, so you, you know, if you don't have in-bin monitoring, um, you know that the grain is going into the bin pretty close to the air temperature that, that it, it came off the field that day. So if it came off the field on a hot 30 degree day, it's probably 30 degrees going into that bin. So you know, you know it's in a high risk situation and does need to be cooled. Um, so if you don't have in-bin monitoring, there are, I guess, some rules of thumb about the number of hours or days the fan needs to, to run to get it down to a safe to store temperature. But really nothing, nothing beats actually knowing for sure by, by measuring. So if you have the in-bin cables, the dedicated cables, great. If you don't, there are various other hot, both high-tech and low-tech options for probing the bin just to get an idea of what, what that temperature is. Take a load out, like circulate kind of thing? You, you could, yeah. Uh, circulation typically isn't needed if you're just needing to, to cool. Um, but 
we're, we're talking, or I've heard some pretty innovative solutions about just long rebar or long sticks that they, they go and they'll, they'll stick in either the, the bin lid or the manhole just to get an idea of what that temperature is, say two or three or four feet into, into the grain mass. Um, and that's literally just sticking in a, a, a metal rod, pulling it out and, and feeling it with their hand. And if it's cool, great. If it's not, leave the fans on for a little bit longer. That's obviously the low tech way and maybe not really safe. Um, but yeah, there's also more, more high tech and more, more available, I guess, yeah. temperature probes as well that aren't necessarily stuck in one bin. You can move them from bin to bin. It's a way, it, 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 the important thing here is it's a way to check that you have, exactly. to, whether it's yeah. low tech, high tech, you need to be checking because I, I don't know, most farms have experienced this where it's like the procrastination cycle starts, right? And you kind of lose track yeah. of the days or the weeks. Like, well, I'm pretty sure I checked For that sure. bin last week. And then yeah. all of a sudden it's like, oh, I better do that. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. And then it, you know, all of a sudden it, a couple of days turns into a couple of weeks yeah. and you go check and you are not happy when you do. And harvest season is insanely busy. So it's easy, it's easy to put it off, right? Because there's other things that are higher priority. And I guess that's that's really where the value of these higher tech solutions, I guess, are, are derived is that it's that real real time um, hands off approach for for bin management. You can be miles away, you can be countries away and know exactly what's going on inside your bin with some of these higher tech solutions. I know Peter Johnson and I were talking about this one day where, you know, you, I remember one time I got a quote on a system and for when we had a seed farm and I got a, I got the quote. And then when you looked at it, you're like, oh, my goodness. But then you think about it, you do the math, like, well, if we lost one bin, yes, we've, we've like paid for it in, in a single year. And but these things are in your bins for 10, 15, 20 years. Right. So if you if you think about it over the course of the number of years, it's going to be, you know, helping you monitor your bins and consider it even as low cost insurance on that grain, then it's a it's a no brainer in most cases. Yeah. It, now, I, I find with grain storage and grain management, there's a whole bunch of what I would call like old wives tales. Right, where it's like, well, you know, this is what dad did or grandpa did or, or I heard or somebody told me. And Can you think of any of those? Oh, I, I guess my, there's a my lot blanket, of them. Yeah, no, my blanket <laughs> statement is that there is no one single solution that fits every, every situation. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton, and Watrous, New Holland. Working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather for today. Sunny sky, wind west 30, gusting to 50. The high today 22, the low 6 degrees. Tomorrow, mainly sunny, increasing cloudiness early in the afternoon, the high 21. 60% chance of evening showers tomorrow night, the low 10. Partly cloudy Wednesday, the high 19, the low 9. Thursday, partly cloudy, windy, the high 24, and a low of 9. Friday, sunny, the high 21, the low 6. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high 19, the low 6. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high near 19 degrees. Normal high is 16 for this date. The normal low is 2. The sun rose at 644 this morning. It sets at 659 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Estevan at 22 degrees. The cold spot, Uranium City up north at 11. Saskatoon is 18. Swift Current, 19. Weyburn, 20. Yorkton is 19 degrees. In Regina with sunny skies, it's 20. That's 68 Fahrenheit. 
Winds are from the west at 24. Humidity is 52%. The barometer rising, 101.5. Sunny and Moose Jaw, 21. Winds are from the west at 13, gusting to 28. Once again, Regina, sunny and 20. That's 68 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com Saskatchewan farmers are finally getting a break from hail-damaging thunderstorms this summer. The president of the Canadian Crop Hail Association, Rick Omolchenko, says there were only 16 claims of crop damage from hail in the second week of September. Well, they're dropping significantly, Jim. Uh, we're very having very few uh, claims uh, due to the milder weather that's uh, resulted in the last few uh, or last week here. So I understand 16 claims. Yeah, there's 16 claims so far, and that seems to be holding its own. There's not really many more coming in, or or thoughts of many more coming in. What size of hail and what type of damage? It's really mild. Uh, it's a scattered storms, but there's you know very light damage right now. Uh, even the ones that came through. Uh, even though the, the crops are very vulnerable at this time, uh, the storms are light these last week here. Where in Saskatchewan did the storms? We had only a few places like Bethune, Lucky Lake, Nipwin, and Wilkie areas, and that's pretty well it. So are you asking farmers to still leave check strips? Yes, if they get any kind of storm activity whatsoever, please, we're, we're catching up. We're 90 to 95% complete, uh, but we really, uh, you know, stress the more they leave, the better it is. And if they don't know what size to leave, please call their insuring company and find out for sure. So across the prairies, how are the provinces rating this year? Right now, uh, Alberta is way higher uh, than normal. Uh, the five-year average, uh, Saskatchewan's around the five-year average, and Manitoba is below the five-year average. Rick Omolchenko is the president of the Canadian Crop Hail Association. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. There are some interesting changes in food trends in Canada brought on by the coronavirus. A professor from the University of Guelph, Dana McCauley, is studying food trends. She says stay-at-home and working-at-home requirements have changed many food buying and cooking habits. She spoke to reporter Cheryl Brooks. Such a good question. You know, generally trends are, are things that last, you know, more than, than three quarters of a year. You know, I, I always equate fads to you know, um, the cycle of a leaf, you know, you've got your spring, summer, and then in the autumn, it falls off. So I do think, though, that we will see more people continue to be cooking at home, as long as we have more people working at home. It's just so much simpler to be able to cook with than when you were, you know, going to and fro from your office. And, and, uh, and, and now you can you know, you can start a roast or, or a casserole while you're still working and not uh, not have to go out to eat. I think there's also a group of people who are realizing that it's less expensive to cook from scratch and, and they're, they're worried about, you know, the future state of their, their domestic economies and maybe even the present state has been changed by their work status. So, you know, there's this, this double fear, one of, of protecting your 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 money in your bank account, and two of of protecting yourself from being, you know, exposed to the virus. And it, the more you stay at home, the 
you know, the more protection you have on both those fronts. I'm not sure how, like with your colleagues and that, how much time that you've been able to spend talking to them throughout all this, but are they trying different things? Like what sort of things are people trying now that they've never done before? Well, what's interesting is that when you look at what is being purchased at the grocery store, it's quite different. So for many years, the trend was towards that peripheral area of the store where, you know, you could pick up fresh things and semi-prepared things and generally, you know, somewhat more expensive choices, but more premium as well. We've seen that part of the store have a little less emphasis for consumers. And now, when we think about the things that have been in short supply, it's been canned goods, it's been soup, it's been flour. And those are all the center area of the store. So people seem to be buying more ingredients, more pantry items that have a longer shelf life. And when they are shopping for fresh things, they're really emphasizing local. This summer, the whole idea of of eating from your you know your your local area and supporting your local farmers and 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 producers has been really really emphasized. And I, I think that is across the country from all the sources I've consulted both that are based in research and on those anecdotal conversations with colleagues and friends and family. So does that mean that a lot more farmers markets maybe in our future or what do you foresee? Yeah, I think so. And I think there's also a lot more people finding novel ways to access local produce, either through, you know, community food boxes that are like a subscription or, you know, their local markets really highlighting that, hey, this is produce from right here. Of course, with the U.S. onion issue that brought, you know, salmonella uh, to the forefront earlier in the summer, you can't go into any store that doesn't say, you know, local onions, you know, and, and, and make sure that everyone knows that they're not from the U.S. But that that's also, you know, that's also true for all the other seasonal items that are That's Dana McCauley with the University of Guelph talking about food trends and how they've changed over the past few months. We'll have more from her on a later broadcast. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall as Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were mixed in early trading this morning. Canola fell 5.10 at 4.72.77. Lentils gained $37 at 5.87.50. Number one red spring wheat dropped $3.08 at 2.22.98. The rest were unchanged. Durham 2.68.22. Feed barley 183.70. Flax 5.75.06. Oats 173.53. Yellow peas 248.89. And feed wheat 166.16. Minneapolis spring wheat December futures fell 12 and three quarter cents at 5.38 and a half cent a bushel. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842-4574. Now the latest livestock quotes. Heartland Livestock Market Report. Donnie Peacock reporting from the Swift Current Yards. Cow market averages 79 on all the cows that were through the ring this week. Uh, it's an 80-85 cent cow market on the good cows with some yield to them. The odd superstar will squeak to the 90s, but boy, there's not too many 
of that caliber into the bull trade. Uh, a lot of the better bulls, dollar ten to a dollar fifteen. A uh, very very elite superstar would get into the twenties. Not very many of those as well. And there's also some of the uh, lesser kind of bulls in the mix of the run that uh, show the wear and tear of the summer season. A massive run of bulls throughout the summertime. Uh, very much so either we're going to have fewer cows to breed next year or the purebred breeders are going to have an unlimited demand for their bulls come springtime. Uh, the pre-sold calves and the DLMS direct internet sales, uh, it's looking pretty good for the calves coming in fall delivery. Uh, the five-weight steers, 220, 230 into the 30s. Uh, the six-weight steers, 205 to 15. Uh, six-weight heifers, one. Uh, 80 to 190 and the five weight heifers 190 and they can get into well over two dollars a pound that's the way it is in cattle country heartland swift burns now the latest saskatchewan pork prices this is the hams market commentary for monday september 21st hams hold 5600 hogs friday selling a range of 162 to 190 per ckg today's sales are expected to be around 7400 head Selling at a range of 164 to 193 per CKG. 100 index hog prices for the week ending Saturday, September 19th are Ole West 2020 contract, 150 even. Ole West 2021 contract, 172 even. Maple Leaf Sig 4, 156.87. Hams Cash, 154.87. Thunder Creek Brickle, 147.74. High Life Cash, 169.02. And High Life contract, $186.69 per CKG. Coming up, the resource report.